Open your eyes. Wake up, Link. I'm Luke Summerhays. I'm James J. Boyles. And I'm James the Jaster Stewart. And you're listening to Hyrule Field Report. Jas, what did we do last week? Uh, last week we wrapped up some things in the Hebrew region and we left off at the lookout landing. And Jay, what are we going to do a little week? We're going to have a, a look around lookout landing, see what's changed now that we've cleared our first major dungeon. And uh, who knows, we may go to some darker locations this episode. I mean, they've, they've seen the title, mate. It says. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I love how we're always trying to be coy about what we're podcasting about when everyone knows. Like, hmm, we're going to meet a character. I wonder who that could be. <laughs> it's like they know. That's fun, though. <laughs> I do it, too. I do it, too. I'm not having a go. <laughs> it is funny. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, you, th- you two. Um... You were saying at, um, at the end of last week's episode that you never returned really back to Lookout Landing after clearing I did, major dungeons, right? I, no, I didn't make a point of, like, it's the hub and I go back every mission or something like that. Mm-hmm. Which I feel like it's somewhat designed to do. Yeah. Um, especially after your first dungeon, because a lot changes um, at Lookout Landing after you clear your first dungeon. Um, mm. like a lot <laughs> so uh, yeah um, well first things first if you report into uh, Pura mm. she'll um, she'll say if you've not been to all four regions yet <laughs> you better get on that <laughs> um, but she will um she will if, if you if you cleared the Rito and that was your first one that you did. I'm pretty sure, and uh, please correct me if I've got this wrong, but I'm fairly sure, if I'm remembering rightly, she says um, maybe she'll go check out what's happening in the Goran region next. I'm pretty mm. sure that's what she says. However, I could be wrong. So, like I said, let me know. Tweet us. Well, see, you- having not. Because I didn't come back and see her, my next... I just headed south from the Rito village mm-hmm. and ended up in Gerudo town. Because, like, from the direction you came... I came from, like, the... That I came from Lookout Landing originally and got to Hebra. It felt like I was just going anti-clockwise, so I just carried on in that direction. Right. Fair enough. Um... So yeah, I mean, we're not going to go off and do, do the main quest right away. We'll probably get a bit sidetracked before then. But um, if I'm... Yeah, that's our big clue about where to go next, right? Yeah. Um, oh, apparently, according to the Zelda Dungeon Wiki, if Pyrrha is asked where to go next during the quest, she will direct Link to try Hebra, Elden, Lanairu, and Gerudo in that order. Hmm. Yeah, um, which is, yeah, how we've been... Running right, I think. Yeah, I think that's the plan. So yeah, um, but yeah, we won't be doing that quite just yet because there's a few things that have changed around um, around lookout landing. So the first thing is 
Well, actually, something you probably have noticed. I think this happens. Yes. Something... Are you going to mention the crystal refinery? Uh, no. Should I? <laughs> I don't. No, I'm not sure. No, oh no, no, I know what you're going to mention. Never mind. Uh, yes, something that's probably quite difficult to miss is um, this massive stone slab that's crash landed in the middle of Lookout Landing, with a lot of people kind of gathering around it, um, saying, "What is?" What is this? Um, so we touched on this um, back at our. We've mentioned the star-shaped ruins, right? Oh, because we met um, Kikri, whatever his name was. Yeah, that's it. Picango, Picango, Picango. That's it. Yes. I think the Picori. So we know about the, the Picori are from. Yeah, the, the little guy, the diminish. <laughs> yeah. That's the other name for the diminish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um. But yes, um, there's a scholar there, the brilliantly named Wartsworth, which love, <laughs> um, identifies the language as ancient, uh, ancient Hyrulean or Hylian, um, mm. and uh, mentions that he's uh, he's going to do more research on it, um, and you should go see him in Kakariko Village for more. So uh, maybe we'll end up there. Probably not until after we've been to the Goron region. But that's something that kind of a new side adventure. That if you're really interested in finding it more, you can toddle off there. But um, yeah, right now it's more just a little a little teaser of what's to come if you end up down Kakariko Way. Mm. But uh, it's yeah. No, the reason. So yeah, I mentioned the crystal refinery. That's another rock that falls out of the sky. Yes. But I can't remember if it's yet, or you have to do one more. Uh, I think it's there. I do remember it being I there. I didn't really deal with it until a bit later. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've come across a crystal crystal refinery already um, up on the Sky Island, the Great Sky Island, right? Yeah. Um, there's like in the actual like Zonai Mine cave on the Great mm. Island. So this is just probably, I'd say, the most convenient one to get to, right? Um, this is the one I pretty much used any time I wanted to upgrade my uh, my battery. But uh, unless you've really been going ham down in the depths, it's unlikely that you'll have a huge battery at this point. Right. And yeah, yeah. So I would always go like a big tour around Hyrule of all the places I could trade in my Zonai and then come here to actually get the batteries. Mm-hmm. Even though there are other ones that are kind of closer to different mines. Yeah, I, I think but it's yeah, just... It felt like the one to go to. Because it's part of the kind of base camp. Like, I think especially early on in my adventure, and I can't remember if we spoke about this initially at Lookout Landing, but I did use... Um, Lookout Landing as a base camp. I would come. I would go into the little mm. shelter region. I would take a nap because just to refill my health. Sometimes, I would stock up on food at the the cooking pot that's down in that shelter as well. Um, maybe stock up on some arrows at the shop. Um, if I had any zonite, zonite, I would trade that in for battery upgrades. So yeah. I kind of made it part of my restocking loop from time to time. Yeah, you're meant to treat it like a little, um, yeah, like a hub, right? Like yeah going back to the mansion in Mario 64 or going to um, the mansion? I'm going to say it. 
I'm going to say it. Not the mansion, the castle. Oh. <laughs> I, I, I somehow got Luigi's Mansion and Mario 64 conflated in my head. And All going back to, like, Firelink Shrine. There it is. Mm. We actually didn't mention it last episode. <laughs> I know, I know. I was just I thinking about it. mentioned oh. Dark Souls, like, mentioned for, like, a few episodes now. No, no. So we usually been good. Yeah. <laughs> Luke, you were you were two weeks dry, Luke. <laughs> You've got yeah. better than this. Um. So yeah, um, yeah. That, there's there's that obviously in the, the the massive stone pillar, but again, that'll be later. Um, nearby the stone mentioning pillar, the shelter though you mentioned. Uh, well, before the shelter, we... just while we're still upstairs. Okay, go on, go on. Um, there's a quick little quest here that you can do where um, one of the builders, Carson, is um, is by, there's a little stable area they're trying to fix. They've been trying to build up a stable here, but they can't get the last kind of plank of wood on to fix the roof. Um, mm. So you just got to alter hand, pick up the plank, slot it into the, to the roof, and um, Carson does the finishing touches. Um, so it's a little quest called the Incomplete Stable, and uh, you won't. Ha- this isn't here on your first visit. You have to complete one dungeon quest, one main quest first. Right, right, right. Before that's what I was wondering because I definitely didn't do it early on. Yeah, but I was like, oh, has this been here the whole time? I didn't spot it, but no, I guess not. Yeah, so you've got to got to do that, and uh, you then unlock a, a mini stable for. Um, boarding horses. I'm not sure what the difference is between a mini stable and a main stable. I think you can board and take. Well, horses. it doesn't. Ha- it doesn't have its own built-in like in and yeah, stuff. No yeah, because you've got the shelter right there. You, I don't think you can cash in your pony points or anything like that either. Stuff like that. It's yeah, yeah, just yeah. for horses. Um, but once you do that, you unlock another quest called uh, Spotting Spot. Um, have you, you? Did you guys do this? Spotting spot. No, I don't yeah, think I did. I've done no. This year. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, for the benefit of our listeners and Luke, <laughs> um, <laughs> the owner of the stable called Lester, he's uh, he's quite sad because he's he's mentioned his horse has gone missing. Um, it's a, a beige dappled horse called Spot. Um, and he says Spot's quite timid. He can't have gone that far. Um, he's ran away. Please, could you go find him? Um too old to go look for myself or something like that <laughs> but um <laughs> yeah so it's a, again another quick quest um might serve as your introduction for catching horses potentially um yeah there's a few different quests which are all like potential first horse catches right yeah I and mean, we spoke about the golden horse the uh, zelda's golden horse for the uh the newspaper quest right mm. um but yeah this one You'll see a... Well, there's also, there's also the random lady at the stable who wants you to catch her a wild horse. That's right, to create yeah. the cart. Um, that's at New Seren yeah. stable, I want to say. One of those, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's a few. But yeah, you go, you'll go, you find a white-spotted horse at Spot. Um, you tame him, bring him back. And uh, Lester's very happy for his horse to be back. And he says, Spot's yours now. You can register Spot as your own horse. Um I don't think he's a very good horse. He's meant to be a bit of an older, an older lad. But I did register him, um, and I, I think I kept him. I just stabled him. And my head cannon is Lester, so I'll get to care for him. And if Link ever needs him, he's there. 
But yeah, <laughs> cute little quest. Nice. Um, but that but with the mention of Carson, there was a quest back in Hebra that we actually couldn't do until we fixed that stable. So do you want to go back and quickly yes. talk so, yeah, about he, that? As soon as you fix the stable, he'll say like, right, I'm looking for another job. What have you got? And you can tell him, well, there's a big old bridge that's out over in uh, the Ritho village. Yes. Um, so we... And he'll head over there, but then you do need to go and find him because it turns out he doesn't take enough wood. That's right. Yeah, you need to give him <laughs> 20 pieces of wood <laughs> to actually do it. But, um, he was just so excited for the job. He just forgot to bring the essentials. That's it. He's like, oh, right, building a bridge. I need equipment, <laughs> materials. But yeah, then that fixes the bridge and uh, it'll presumably make it easier for you know trade in Rito Village and for getting a, for you know people that can't fly <laughs> to get to Rito Village easier. So yeah, a nice. Mm. I, I, I do enjoy quests and things in games where it actually changes the world state. You know. Yes. Um, it's a nice touch. You know, the, the... One of the things, one of the things I really loved in Breath of the Wild was that as you were completing the game. You were literally getting these great big beams across the sky, mm. right? From the different yeah. divine beasts. Love stuff like that. And in this game, there's not like one such obvious example, but there's so many little things. Like stopping the storm. In... Yes. And then, yeah, even smaller ones like this. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's really fun. Yeah. Uh, but yes, you were going to mention about the shelter. Back a look at landing. Mm. So you go down and next to where the statue is, which you would obviously go and trade in your, um, what are they called in this game? Spirit orbs, whatever it is. To get your hearts uh, and your stamina. Light of blessing. Right? Light of blessing, there you go. Um, there's a little crack in the wall and she's saying she can hear a different voice from behind it. And if you go back there, you can find a bargainer statue, the one that lets you trade... Like, swap your hearts for stamina and vice versa. Um, but you can just keep going back and back and back. And it's insanely big until you get basically to the dungeons under Hyrule Castle. Mm-hmm. And there's all kinds of cave networks and little underground lakes. And it's it was one of those moments, like when you first discover the depths, right? Where it's just like... How is this game so big? <clears throat> yeah. How is what I thought was going to be a room I've ended up on like an hour-long quest into a dungeon? Mm-hmm. Yeah, as soon as I started exploring further like into that cave and like once I realised, like you said, you're getting to the dungeons of the Hyrule Castle, I was like, I kind of don't want to be here yet. But like, <laughs> kept still kept exploring just to like, see what I could pick up and then just kind of didn't push it too far too early. Yeah, I think the actual... It's called the Royal Hidden Passage. That's the name of the cave that you kind of end up stumbling yeah. into. Um, mm. That's probably fairly safe to explore at this stage. And if you do go along there, you'll find um, pieces of the soldier armor set. Um, which, you know... Which is a good early set to have. So definitely a great early set. Good yeah. good early defense. Oh yeah, I, I was wearing the soldier set quite a lot throughout the game. Yeah. Um, Basically until I got the main... Tunic. Yeah, it was like my go-to, like battle gear. Mm-hmm. Think Which is why I felt like I. Sorry, I felt like I was playing 
a FromSoft game because I was mostly going around just as a knight in armor, which is not <laughs> it's Jones and for it. Like that's like not mentioned it in two weeks, and that's two in the space of what oh, fifteen minutes. Slippery slope, Luke. Slippery slope. <laughs> Call me the Duchess of Slippery Slopes. <laughs> but all, all three pieces of the soldier set are up for grabs down here, which mm-hmm. is uh, pretty cool. Um, but yeah, if you end up going any further, you'll end up in the basement of the castle itself, which, uh, we mentioned the, um, I mentioned a plaque that I found like way back in our early episode that kind of talks about the reason mm. the castle was built. I think that's at the castle end of the Royal Passage Cave, Royal Hidden Passage Cave. Right. Um, yeah. but, uh, yeah, if you go any further, you're going to run into like, um, like the black variants of the monsters like horriblins and moblins and such like that so there's nothing too wild it's not like going to hyrule castle was back in breath right where yeah the, hyrule the, castle was like the danger got, zone yeah guardians and linos and oh you know and everything nasty under the sun yeah it's not like that um but there are a few nasties there probably yeah. not advisable to go there at this stage i would say um we might speak about Hyrule Castle at a later, later stage. <laughs> uh, you would imagine so, right? <laughs> yes. Probably a fairly integral place, but not yet. Um, but you did mention the um, statue, um, mm. which is the same horn statue that was in uh, Breath of the Wild, but it was at uh, Hateno Village before. Yeah, like hidden around a court, like down a little side street. Yeah, that's it. Um and uh yeah the 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 statue what it does is it um allows you to trade um heart containers um for money no 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 it's uh, to reset heart containers and yeah. and um stamina basically uh, so you can, it's respecting it's it's the yeah. way you can respect yeah, so yeah, because like as soon as you yeah, talk sorry. to him the first time, he legit steals you. Like I think your last upgrade it, that you got, or something like that. He takes a heart container or a heart container. Um, yeah, yeah. And then you get you get you get one for free, one respec for free. You can just take the heart container back if you want. Future ones here it is. You sell it to him for a hundred rupees, and if you want to get it back, it costs one hundred and twenty. So it'll mm. cost you twenty rupees per respec that you want to do. Um, but uh. It's also a way for getting some cash quick, <laughs> you know. <Yeah. laughs> S- sell off your plasma and your blood. No, that's yeah. I was about to say it's literally like selling blood and plasma IRL. Yep. But yeah, this is where the respec statue lives. Hmm. Um. Also down here, um, I'm pretty sure you can en- engage with this at this stage. Um, if I'm wrong, it doesn't really matter because it's not massively consequential. But um, the leader of the monster control crew, the kind of like general who's back at base called Gralins, um, you can speak to him and he'll give you basically bounties for mm. um, taking out a Hinox, a Hinox, a Stone Talus, and a Maldugo. Um, mm. And. Uh, yeah, later in the game, you also guide you to some 
some other nasties. I was going to ask, does he eventually lead you to anything newer? Yes. So he'll, well, we can speak about two of these already. He will lead you to a, a flux construct. He'll lead you to a... Um... Gliok? Yep, Gliok. Um, and one more thing as well, which will... You know, make speak of it. There we go, being coy boys again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and later in the game, he'll tell you how many of each major monster type there is in the world that you haven't killed mm. at least once, because they will respawn right. obviously with the Bloodman. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. If you fight a one that you've already killed, it'll have a little star next to it, so the game does log kind of completion. Yeah, it, 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 in Breath of the Wild, it logged it that way, but there yep. wasn't really a counter or a tracker. There was getting that medal when you've done all of them. Uh, you yeah, because you I think you got the medal from oh monster lad I forget his name silk like soldier monster mask. I know who you mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, whereas this one this this game's equivalent. Kilton maybe. Yes, Kilton exactly right. Um, this game's sort of achievement log for killing the major monsters. Um is here however sadly won't direct you to them in future um you have to go out and find them yourself it would have been quite nice maybe could, after yeah, you'd... Send you one. yeah maybe as a reward for doing um when we spoke about the monster patrol crew that we helped out back in hyrule field um mm. maybe if you'd helped all three squads like in all of their locations or something like that you could have had the little reward of you'll send you off in bounties to get all the major monsters but oh well it's another collectible really yeah, I suppose at the end of the day yeah <laughs> um the real big mission we need to do now that we're in the landing yes an actual main quest once again to um Joshua and Robbie or in fact is Robbie has Robbie moved on already no he's still here Robbie doesn't move on until after this because it's one of the rewards right. is unlocking the research lab mm. for doing this. So yes. yeah, you talked to those two and last time we went down to the depths we encountered a mysterious statue mm -hmm. that seemed to be pointing the way ahead. Yes. And basically they say, hey, go back down, find out what's going on with that. Follow the statues. Yeah, that's it. Because she mentioned there's been other there's other statues that are kind of pointing from one statue to another. So um, yeah, we've got to we've got to go and do this. I came to this. I think I'd done a couple of main quests before I actually did this. Um, I think you were the same, Luke, right? I came to this insanely late because I didn't even do the camera quest <laughs> that's right <laughs> two and a half main quests whereas and you guys this, told me about it yeah this was one of the first things you did Josh right yep I was down here like well <laughs> <laughs> you came down you didn't even do this quest right you just happened to go down where the end of the quest is yep pretty much the old uh, the old turn on the side quest get the reward like also, like I didn't like. I just didn't want like. I was just in the stage of like, oh, like I'm not going to do what the game like tells me. I'm just going to explore and <laughs> see what I find, you know. Like, and yeah, it's a great surprise. <laughs> like on the first trip down to the depths. 
Well, that's one of the reasons um, I chose Rage Against the Machine as our opening music. <laughs> A, just because of the open your eyes. But also because, yeah, that is very much the vibe I played Breath of the Wild with. F you, I won't do what you tell me. I haven't quite decided if we swear on this one or not. I think I dropped an F-bomb last time. I think we swore before, but I think we did. Yeah, but I don't, want, I don't want it to be like Monster yeah, Mash where we're just going crazy. Yeah, we drank it like, yeah. <laughs> I think uh, I dropped a big oh shit at the start after... Uh... Yeah, that's okay. I barely even count that as swearing. Yeah. Anyway. I, te- I teach this one kid. He's like seven. I guess he's been watching all the Fast and Furious films. So he always wants to like play little car chases with his toy cars, and every time there's a crash, he's like, "Oh shit, fuck!" It's not his first language. He doesn't realise he shouldn't be saying these things. <laughs> it's really funny. Yeah, it's just like kids. Mm-hmm. It's just like that's what you say when something like bad happens. Yeah, like, not even like in his mind that it's like bad to say or anything. It's just. Like, I remember when I was a kid, if I was playing any sort of game, make-believe action hero game, I would just put on a terrible American accent, because I was like, yeah, that's what these kind of characters talk like. Mm-hmm. It's just a voice. Didn't occur to me that I was doing, you know, a foreign accent. I was just like, I was doing the action hero voice. It's funny, like, thinking about how, like, swears are just totally inconsequential to you as a kid. Like, I remember being totally befuddled as to why I'm like my family were like laughing at me because I used to watch mm. as a, a wee sprog I used to watch uh, Thomas the Tank Engine and mm. uh, there was a character of the fat controller uh, <laughs> ex- except <laughs> I uh, I didn't call him the fat controller I called him ah, look that's the fucking troller <laughs> the fucking troller <laughs> <laughs> nice that's great <laughs> Well, especially so in Japan, they sort of don't have swear words, so they they doesn't they don't quite understand how bad they are in English because there's no equivalent concept to them. Fair enough. Like the idea of like there's some words that we made up, but you're not allowed to use them, which when you think about it is nonsense. <laughs> they don't really have that, unless you're literally telling someone to die. That's about the only way you can swear in Japanese. Yeah. Say so, not a... There, there are things you can say which are impolite or rude, right. but it's not the same as swearing in English. Fair enough. Where it's just like you, we don't say that word. That that's not a thing to them. So they, it's really hard to explain to kids. Like, okay, you can say that to me, but please don't go outside and say it to anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't remember how we got on this. Uh, me either. <laughs> yeah. Me either. Anyway, we're down in the depths and we're following statues. Yeah. There's one um, statue points to the next statue, points to the next statue sort of deal. That's it. Um, so there's a few things that we'll probably come across on our way through the depths towards mm. where the statues are following. Um, you'll come across light routes naturally. I mean... Yeah, we can't yes. talk about light routes like we do a shrine, right? No, yeah. literally, <laughs> like, 
The only so, connection is that they are connected to shrines and like their name in reverse is the name of the shrine. Yeah, and they are the, they're in the location of a shrine, yeah. but there's, there's not like a little puzzle and a yeah, game. Yeah, there's nothing you use. You walk up them. and touch it. Yeah, that's it. They're a guidance tool for the depths. That's all they are. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, they're, they're, they're landmarks think... to walk towards. I haven't really even found any that were like tricky or puzzly to get to. You can pretty much just walk up to all of them. Yeah, so some of them experience. are. So, yeah, there's no puzzles. There's some just you can, like, like really high up, like yeah. like you've got to do a climbing and stuff. Like, but there's no puzzles. Yeah, they might. They'll be at a different elevation which you can't see on the map, right? So it might yeah. not be quite as simple as walking there. Yeah, but no, it's never yeah. been like oh, this one's surrounded by something. Yeah, because it's the whole this it's the whole like reverse nature of like the depths, like where there's like a mountain on the surface is like, basically it's a pit canyon. Yeah, and uh, yeah, canyon better word. Like in the depths, mm-hmm. and like there's generally kind of light routes down there, like that you can quite easily miss if you're not paying attention. Hmm. Now, I'm looking at the the map just now, um, and what um what's quite clever is I don't know which way the statues lead, but regardless of which way you go to get to this location, you're almost definitely going to run in. To a frocks, mm. which is a uh, which quite is clever. interesting because I don't know if I did. I, my first frocks fight came really late. Oh, really? Maybe I sort of saw it on the periphery and was like, "Oh, that looks scary." I'll fight you later. <laughs> but yeah. they're really not. <laughs> yeah. Um, I disagree. I think like when you first catch a glimpse of these guys, like. They're pretty scary looking. Yeah, new like, enemy, oh, right? Oh, so, like, you're kind of fun and goofy, but yeah. Not understand the feet, like, of fear course, aspect. Any new enemy is going to give you a bit of. What's that? Can I fight it? So, did we speak about the little foxes on our first visit to the depths? We mentioned them, I think. Right. So, yeah, these are. They're all, they're all grown up. <laughs> um, <laughs> and they've become these giant, like, obsidian colored. Like massive frog demon. That's about as much as I can I can say about them. Um, and they've got like these lumps of zonite, like kind of growing out their back. Um, and uh, yeah, they they stomp. They've basically got like, a little bit of territory marked out. They'll stomp around that territory. And if you if you go near them, they're gonna start running towards you, jumping to get you sometimes, and ultimately oh, yeah. just trying to eat you. Like that's, that's one that's thing I mentioned, like is how high these things can actually jump. Yeah, I got yep. surprised like one time where I was like didn't want to deal with one and I was like just trying to make my way through the depths. Don't know where I wanted to go, bumped into a frocks and I was like, I'll climb this tree. Like got up thought I got up high enough and the thing knocked me. Jumped up and knocked me all the way off and killed me. <laughs> so yeah, like don't climb trees if you want to try and escape a frocks because they'll just jump on you. Basically, the frox here is the Dodongo from older Zelda games. So yeah, it's it's Chuck a funny, you, funny you say that because I was I was just reading the, the Zelda wiki part for anything that I might have missed. Hmm. I don't think I ever <laughs> ever put it in its gob a bomb. Oh. It does oh, really? a big suck. Like, I know. I that was like, like that's, <laughs> that's crazy. Like and like I. Like I can understand maybe a new Zelda player not catching that because it's not 
explicitly said as a tip at any point for you to do that. Um, but no, I, know, I would even say they were thick. So you, <laughs> me, there's no excuse. <laughs> yeah, me, brain dead, leaking fluid at my ears. <laughs> It's like the main way I thought these things is like yeah. make sure to have a little bit of cover just in case it does like the, the suck attack and then like sort of hide dash behind a tree or a rock or and then like bomb it when it does the attacks. Like Yeah, that's so stupid. Like I can't believe I never did that. I, I, what I'd always do is I would try and hit its eye mm. um with an arrow as it was you know, try to like suck you in and gobble yeah. you up. Um, yeah, I think I definitely yeah. done that a couple of times with the first few attempts, and I was like, and then it clicked on me. I was like, oh, it's wanting me. Like, <laughs> yeah, <in> this mouse. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I got good at it towards the end, but those yeah. early frogs fights were miserable. As I was like, what do I do? <laughs> um, <laughs> I can't believe I didn't know that. That is, oh man, I feel so stupid. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I presume that'll stun it, I would assume. But, or if you shoot it in but the yeah, eye, it that'll does stun a big it. Allows you to like smash up the rocks on its back. Yeah, yeah. so you climb on the back and you're kind of, it's kind of like a talus in that regard. It's kind of like a the dongo talus hybrid in that regard because mm-hmm. you're but smashing that, up the. An ox as well with the eye. <laughs> That's the way you want to yeah, fight it's it. A, yeah, <laughs> a it's, a good, it's a good mashup um, of enemies, yeah. I think what I liked about the the frocks, like something that was really satisfying to pull off, is if you had like a big two hander weapon, if you did the. Spin to win. Yeah. Um. And mm. if you position yourself like, if you had like enough reach and it positioned yourself between two of the ore deposits, you could hit both damage, on the way yeah. round. And uh, yeah, some big damage. And uh, another thing I really like doing as well because eventually it'll you know buck you off its back. Um. Once it kind of recovers from its stun. But if you jump, I think if you time it or if you jump, um, you can. Yeah, you can pop- get like a bit of bullet time. Yeah, and you can actually get it... Basically just reactivate the stuff. Re- yeah, immediately hit it in its eye again. So if you... These are really satisfying to kill and not that threatening in the grand scheme of things once you uh, once you figure out what to do. Um, but I, I do think you're right. There is just an element of it's a new monster. I'm spooked, right? Especially, especially if you... the previous new monster you met was the Gleok. I mean, I think the Gleoks still retain their difficulty even towards the end of the game. Um, I think the Froxes do become a bit trivial. Um, but that's it. The the the, the Frox, um, its bite is worse. Its bark is worse than its bite. It's scary to look at. Yeah. But they're not actually that tough. But it definitely, the Gleok is a legit challenge. Like certain enemies in Dark Souls. I'll, I'll mention Dark Souls last time. <laughs> no. <laughs> You're both better than this. <laughs> Don't encourage them. <laughs> uh, I think um, the whole idea of them being maybe threatening early game, but not that difficult towards the end of the game, kind of fits the whole vibe of the depths in a way as well. Like, this is our second well, trip to the depths on this podcast. Um, and at this stage, the depths was still, you know, a pretty... pretty a place you don't want to hang about in too much still because especially if you come in here as early as the game wants you to yeah i mean the because i did all of my depths quite late a lot of the enemies have got that um because i was so scared of it i guess (laughs) you get that gloom effect um yeah you'll find like souped up um taluses and and linos as well so 
there's some nasty threats down here absolutely mm-hmm. but as your traversal options get more and more advanced as you, your weapons get stronger and stronger you know the depths of almost become your playground in a way and these guys but that's the depths in general but that's any game right that's the difficulty of breath of the wild and here's the kingdom in general right they yeah. start off very difficult and by the yeah. end they're really not they almost have like a reverse difficulty curve in a way yeah uh, but it's very satisfying, right? Just oh, start off in this world um, so underpowered and by mm. the end of it be its master. That's it. Uh, like I the... don't necessarily Fuck. think... No, no! <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I actually like that in a game, right? Starting off feeling weak and then ending up feeling strong. Yeah. Even if it can mean that, like, the end of the game is easier than the start, I actually don't mind that. Yeah, it's it's a reward for the the work you've put in, right? It just goes hand, yeah, it goes like it's not just like a reward. It goes hand in hand with like you just getting you better mean, at the game's yeah. mechanics, like over time as well. Mm-hmm. So when you have like a power, but there's an element of, of that, like the the accepted wisdom, right, is that the the biggest challenge should be at the end of the game. Mm. But I like I like the feeling of by the time I get to that challenge, I've actually sort of I've broken the game's back. Yeah. Obviously, in something like a Mario, where he has exactly the same capabilities from the start to the end, then yeah, I want to have a big challenge at the end. But in a game where there's like a player progression, like the worst thing you can do is what a lot of RPGs do, where it's the enemies are increasing in level at the exact same rate you're increasing in level, so you never actually feel any stronger. Yeah. I like being able to feel like, oh, I'm absolutely bossing things that used to be scary. That's such a great feeling. Um, so yeah, once you kind of pass the frocks where you run away from it, where, where you manage to defeat it, whatever you do, keep following the statues, and eventually... Um, actually, no, before we get there, something I wanted to speak about um, hmm. that's kind of on the way you might pass it, um, it's kind of off to. So, like when you jump down the great, the the great Hyro Field Chasm, and you kind of go hmm. south. There's a Frox kind of on your way there, just to the east of that Frox, um, is our first Bargainer statue. Ah, and interesting. So, um, yeah, so. These ones are called Bargainer statues, right? Yes. The one, the one that you trade the hearts and stamina. Is that, is that also called a Bargainer statue, or does it have a different name? It's called the Horned Statue. Okay, there we go. Because we were calling that a Bargainer statue earlier. Mm-hmm. Or at the very least, I was. Mm. Um. However, apparently, yes. I... Well, we're waiting. So apparently, um, it doesn't. The, the statues don't do anything until you've completed the a quest. Is that right? Yeah, I think. I think it's just you have to talk to the statue in the lookout landing. Yeah, like the post statue. Like maybe you have to give him a poe before you can activate these other ones. I can tell yeah. I can do it this early because like, I've done this like, way, way, way later. Right, so the, the statues do work before you do the, 
the quest for the Bargainer statue, right? Yeah, yeah, but it's it's not like a complicated quest. It's just go and or talk to him and activate. Oh it. no, there is there is a quest about it. Oh, yeah. So they oh. do work though, because you've right. you've done you've you've you're able to access them, Luke, and you've not done this quest, right? Okay, well there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So cut that cut that nonsense. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you you go up to there's there's one in Luke at landing where. It'll just talk about pose, and um, it'll accept pose for different materials. So it always sells um, dark clumps, which I think if you cook them, you get gloom-resistant effects. Um, yes. It'll sell muddle buds, puff shrooms, and bomb flowers, so things that you would you know, normally retrieve in the depths. Um, but it'll also sell... Um, so initially, we've only got the first piece, the first uh, statue. It'll sell the dark tunic, which is literally um, Dark Link's tunic. Um, mm-hmm. Then, if you find a second, a second statue, which is you know probably this one here, you'll unlock another first piece of an armor set called the Tunic of the Depths, which is kind of like a very dark-looking Zonai style costume um and it offers gloom resistance so the idea i suppose is that you're going to be finding these bargainer statues to go trading in trading in stuff in the depths and getting more and more um pieces of like gloom resistant armor for making your depths exploration um Mm. a lot simpler so yeah Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I haven't found all of these yet. I think. So yeah, there's they're dotted around the world. You can speak to the 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 bargainer statue in Lookout Landing, and if you mm. you'll give you locations of the different bargainer statues. I think the first one right, you only right, right. pay pay ten pose, and it goes up in price as you go through them. There's one statue that's a bit more involved that we'll probably we'll probably actually end up speaking about maybe next episode. We'll come round to that. Okay. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's enough dilly dallying. We should probably get to the actual location, which ends up being the Great the Abandoned great... Central Mind. Yeah. Um, that is what it says on the tin. It's a big abandoned mine. Yeah. They've been mining the old Zonite. That's it. There's a couple of like deactivated constructs, but it's not entirely abandoned when we first get there, though. Mm. Um, because if you do go there, there's a couple of uh, researchers who are air quotes. <laughs> what do you mean? These are genuine, <laughs> genuine researchers. researchers. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's it. And they're looking at a These are good, hardworking aliens. Yeah, are you it. disparaging them? <laughs> <laughs> so they're they're. Looking at this this steward construct in the uh, in the mine, and they say we can't get this activated. Can you do something for us, mighty hero? And uh, if you awaken the steward construct, you unlock an actual new ability, auto build. Yes. So this is something Breath of the Wild definitely didn't do, which is give you one more of the actual abilities on your wheel. Uh, yeah. Other than I guess, yeah, even the camera I think actually you have from the start in Breath of the Wild. So yeah, you you no you unlock the camera um 
Okay, similar to this one, you have to go and speak to the researcher. Yeah, I think so. I, I could be wrong. Yeah. And you like you level I mean, up the runes, but yeah, nothing to this degree. But the, yeah, well, because there's no equivalent to this, right? Because this isn't necessarily a new ability. It's just streamlining your ability. Because it just lets you not have to manually build things that you've been building. Yeah. It's, uh, it's that's what it says. as well. It helps you, like, kind of just use the resource that you collect down here to quickly build what you want to build or what you've built previously. Yeah. So, well, initially you'll actually get um, schematics that are the games pre-made for you. Um, and this is the first kind of this is kind of a tutorial for it. Is it'll give you a schematic for. Um, it's a fan much, plane, right? Yeah. Or is, I think you have to make a little like car for the researchers okay, yeah, first, um, because the researchers yeah, need to get around like the depths. This is kind of, this is kind uh, of funny for me for when like I got here on my playthrough, because as I said before, like I went down to the depths pretty early, and but when I mm-hmm. got down to the depths, I was next one to the next to one of those a, uh, don't you call them like circular kind of building areas where, like, where there's different materials. And I legit mm, spent like depth, yeah. I legit spent about forty forty five minutes building a car. Like <laughs> ended up with like a big monster truck before I rolled into the central abandoned mine with my truck, and they're like, "Hey, maybe you want to try and practice this and build these little cars for us." I'm like, I've got <laughs> yeah, plenty no, of practice at that. Like, ah, my monster truck just like hanging out in the background, like while they're saying this. I remember you tweeting about your monster truck early on when the game came out. Yeah, I was just, like, driving around before, like, testing it out. Like, trying to get it to work before I rolled up into the abandoned central mine. But uh, after you do that, and after you fix the car, um, lo and behold, the researchers aren't researchers at all! It's uh, members of the Yiga clan who thank you for building their cars, and who also appears... He's back! It's Master Koga. So I had encountered the Yiger just in exploring. Same. If this was the first encounter of them, it's a pretty cool moment, I guess. <laughs> because you wouldn't actually be expecting these to not be real researchers, right? Because the yeah. Yiger hadn't been introduced. It was surprise for me. I'm sure. So yeah, it would be a cool, like, we're back. He's, yeah, like, yeah, not just like Yiga, like Master Koga as well. Seems <laughs> like yeah. a pretty big, big thing if his quest yep. in Breath of the Wild. So he actually talks about how he's been down here since Breath of the Wild because when you <laughs> knock him into that, yeah, yeah, he gets knocked into a big pit. So that's why. So as we'll progress through the depths, like one thing you will run into are these sort of Yiga encampments. Um, they've been able to build infrastructure, and you know. Yeah, they've been down here a lot longer than. Yeah, they 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 the run. Good guys well, have. They don't rule the wrist down here, but they've certainly got more of a handle on it than like the Highlands do. Um, mm-hmm. like they 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 know they they know about you know using the sun blooms for you know warding mm-hmm. off gloom sickness. They've got their own Zonai um, uh, vehicles. Yeah, um, bikes and stuff. Yeah, and they actually have a lot of the they have their own sort of um, schematics as well. So which you can then eventually use with auto build. Um, 
whether that's you know you actually getting the materials out yourself or as you mentioned earlier on just using zonite to like kind of get yeah a temporary version of the materials which is so useful um but yeah koga's talking about how he's what he was wanting to claim that zonite power for the um for the glory of the demon king so he's uh clearly uh not heard his lesson nope (laughs) (laughs) that he has not but we get uh, a fun little boss fight to enjoy here, which was a lovely surprise, actually. I really enjoy the uh, the Koga um, fight. <laughs> bracket S, bracket. <laughs> yes, he get, he builds little... It's like, they're like Dr. Robotnik fights, I guess. <laughs> That's a great comparison. To yeah, totally. That's a great comparison. But once you can get to him, like he's nothing, he just sits there and cries while you wallop him. But <laughs> it's getting through his machine that's the, the boss fight. Like sometimes if you knock him off, depending on how you knock him off his vehicle, um, you'll like get planted in the ground like like a <laughs> like a vegetable. Yeah, just yeah you can go like yeah. planted head first, can't you? Yeah, like yeah. just go up and just smack his arse and legs. <laughs> um, but yeah, really fun. Big um Big Team Rocket energy from the Yiga clan. Oh, yeah. Well, um, yeah, that's actually the reference I was going to make earlier. I was saying, like, once you know the Yiga clan are in this game, then every time you meet, like, a random, slightly suspicious traveller, it's like when Team Rocket would show up in a costume. <laughs> yeah, it always. <laughs> it's like, it's always oblivious, but it's yeah. so obvious. Yeah. yeah. But the first time here, they catch you. They catch me out. I didn't know it was the the ego when I was talking to these researchers. And I definitely didn't know I was getting in for a boss fight when I arrived at this mine. Mm. But, uh, yeah, once you beat Master Koga, he'll, um, he'll frost st- <laughs> drop, saying, I wanted that power! Give me, give me the power! Please! I want the power! And then he'll, uh, he'll say, well, if I can't get the power here, I'm going to another mine. I'm going to the southwestern abandoned mine. See you later. And then he literally spawns a plane and flies away. <laughs> like, yes. Like Team Rocket on their Meowth balloon. Um, and this begins Master a new... Koga's blasting off again. <laughs> new side adventure. <laughs> um, which is Master Koga of the Yiga Clan. So it's a new quest series for us to do. And this is kind of the... Uh, oh, you know, sorry. Um... I just got to the Bargainer statue we talked about earlier. Yeah. They're a bit bigger than the one upstairs. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, just a little, little observation for you there. Yeah, we could speak about that more next time, because I do think doing the there's a Bargainer quest that we should mm. probably speak about soon. Well, I, I was going to say, we won't necessarily do more depths next time. We should pop in and do like a different mine each time we do a main quest or something mm, like that. We should do the Bargainer quest, right. but which okay. involves the depths and the area above here. So Okay, okay, we'll do that. But yeah, I don't, I don't think we should just do like four different depths episodes in a row necessarily. No, that might not, not be yeah. the most fun no. for us or the listeners. <clears throat> no. Uh, so yeah, after we send Koka packing, um, we'll get... Um, We'll get the ski. This is where we get the schema stone. Sorry for the fan plane design that you were on about, Jas. Um, and uh, whilst we're not quite done at the mine, if we do pop back to Joshua at this stage, 
um, she'll give us another scheme of stone. Um, this time for a hot air balloon, which is conveniently to repair Robbie's hot air balloon because he wants to go back to the Hateno lab. So um, another chance to tinker of auto build, and uh, Robbie dashes off. He's off to the Hateno village, so he'll be there when we end up travelling down to that neck of the woods. I wish like the hot air balloons were like a little more useful than they are. Yeah, they're not um, making um, height. Yeah, yeah. I was, it'd, just, it'd be a fun, relaxing way kind of, to kind of just fly over high room, like, if you could do that. You probably could find a way of, like, putting a rotating fan on the bottom of them or something. Yeah. Yeah. Make they would despawn after a while, though, wouldn't they? Fans Possibly. don't know, like, right? But the balloons, I think like, the balloons do. Yeah, vehicles do. Yeah. Yeah. Along with the glider and the balloon are, like, two mm-hmm. of the items that can mm. despawn over time. The cars don't know. You can keep a car for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, auto build like, um, probably, I'm I'm really quite annoyed at myself. I didn't get this sooner because it is. Oh, I was loving it. Such <laughs> a really, I got mine. <laughs> like helped like so much in the early part. Just like especially like when I I went towards Gerudo Desert first. So the with auto build. Before that, like exploding desert was like a breeze. No pun intended. (laughs) If I'd gotten it earlier, I probably would have made more use of build generally. Mm. Because I did dabble with building and and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But like when I see the way people online are playing with their, you know, stomping around in mechs, flying everywhere. Oh yeah, mine was like (laughs) making was like so basic. Like the thing I (laughs) travelled about on the most was like uh, I made little fan. Like a fan boat glider that worked on sand and snow, and those were like the right. two early points of like my travel was was using that. Whereas I was just basically up to the end of the game, I was still mostly just using my horse and using my glider and playing it like Breath of the Wild. <laughs> I think um, it's obligatory to have a hover bike in your uh, auto build um, schematics. I think. Um, yeah, the just... hover the hover bike is so ubiquitous thanks to the internet that it's it's wild that it's not actually something the game gives you as a mm-hmm. yeah. Most of the right? the schema stones like you know, if, you, if did you use any of the schema stone like vehicles at all? Uh, I think there's like I use the um I use the plane a lot. Plane, hmm. I used a sled and the especially in the Gerudo region I used like there's a like a like a wind sled that you could make. Um, with a scheme of stone. I think I briefly used the only one I used briefly was like the one wheeled motorbike thing. Um, and even the um, the plane it gives you doesn't have the steering platform. Mm. Yeah. So actually, you're better off making your own slight variation anyway. You get like um, like sometimes like some traps and weapons that you could use, but. Mm. Yeah. Beyond one explicit example, where I would I wish I had auto build for that, the, maybe not that useful to have traps in general, unless maybe you're storming an enemy camp and you want to well, you, lure some enemies out. I just never got it into my mindset to play that way, where I'm building devices and stuff during combat. I'm sure it yeah. could be really cool, and I'm sure the, you know, once we start seeing crazy high level, you know, killing a Lionel in two seconds videos. They're going to be building all kind of contra- contraptions, 
but I didn't use it enough that in the heat of battle, I wasn't thinking that way, right? Mm. I was like, dodge, dodge, sword, sword. It wasn't in my head to quickly whip out uh, a Zonai device or construct a, a quick machine or anything like that. Just not how my brain was operating. <laughs> yeah, I'll get that later. Like I said before, I generally use... I was using the Zonai devices like as like former travel. Mostly I didn't use them in combat mm. much at all either. Right, well I wasn't even thinking of using them like that very often. <laughs> it was more it's, I've also just I got that stupid gamer brain where I can't use um resources, right? Mm. So I think eventually once I'm with so many gadgetpons, I should have just been using them way more. But if I see parts, I'll always build something and play with it. But I would, re- I very rarely would just be like, well, I'm going to build myself a little plane here. Whereas actually, that's 100% the way to play. Now that I've finished the game and I've got like a full battery bar, I am using auto-build very liberally. Like, cause especially mm. with the, like the hover bike does not take a lot of zonite to build. Right. So, yeah, it's like yeah, it's not much at all. Oh, wait, like, so I was just like, I wasn't even like a lot of the time, like, if I never had like the the zone I like parts like for it, I would just like use the full auto build and spend the nine zone Yeah, to build same. it. Like, for like the longest time, I was just like, I've got enough zone to like swimming in this material. Like, I don't care mm. if I just, it feels like a waste just to fly over to this area and then another shrine and then lose it. So, yeah, that's, yeah, that's way probably a healthier way to think about it. Now that we have auto-built, um, we're not going to head quite just yet off to the the, uh, the Gorons to see what's going on there, um, because directly above where we are is a very familiar location, and we might end up getting involved with a, a quest or two while we're up here. So, uh, with that little tease, make sure you join us for that. Until then, look, where can we be found? You can find the podcast on Twitter at Hyrule Field Pod. We're on Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all of that jazz. Make sure you rate and review, like and subscribe. Tell your friends. And uh, if you want to help support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash podcastiopodcastius, where you can give as little as a dollar a month to help your episodes as soon as I'm done editing. And just by going to that website, even if you don't want to give any money, you can find links to the other podcasts that me and my pals create. Including you can hear me and Jay on The Game Game Show every week. A game show about games. Secretly the best podcast on our whole network, but no one listens. <laughs> and Jas, please give us some sage words of advice for this week. Well, I think you're going to be disappointed because I think I'm all out of sage advice. No. At least you this week. Yeah. You, haven't, you haven't picked up any words of wisdom from your long life, Jas? Nope. Like, I've got some sage words advice for the two of you. <laughs> Find some better analogies than Dark Souls every week, you pricks. <laughs> then we'll get to Catch. that when we when we cover one of the bosses. I've got something else I can compare it to. Oh, great! Can't wait for that. <laughs> Catch us next time. Bye. Cheerio.